If you have your Bible today, I want to share some scripture with you. In the book of Matthew, chapter 26, and with the 6th verse through the 13th verse, we're going to begin reading with Matthew 26, verse 6 through verse 13. The scripture says, Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box, a very precious anointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. And when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given unto the poor. And when Jesus understood what they were saying, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she hath poured this anointment on my body, she did it for my burial or in preparation of my burial. And then he says, and I want you to pay particular attention, if you will, to this 13th verse. And then he said, verily I say unto you, that wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. Wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told as a memorial unto her. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning and just ask that you bow your heads and let's pray together right where you are. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that you are upon the throne this morning. We are thankful that your word endures forever that it is from everlasting unto everlasting. And Lord, this morning we gather here in your name and we are thankful for the promise that when we gather in your name, you are in our midst as well. I pray, Heavenly Father, this morning that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will enable me and give me divine anointing. I pray today, Father, that you will just give me liberty to speak what it is that you have placed upon my heart today. I ask, Heavenly Father, that the anointing will give me liberty and you will put your words in my mind and your words in my mouth and help me to speak as an instrument in your hand. Of my own self, I am incapable. Of my own self, I can do nothing. But I ask you to touch me and I ask you to anoint me to help me to speak. Let everyone that hears be edified. And let the name of Jesus be exalted. And let the name of Jesus be glorified. And for these things this morning, Lord, we will be grateful and thankful throughout eternity. We ask them in the mighty and awesome name of Jesus. And everyone in agreement with that prayer said, Amen. Amen. 
So I want to title my message this morning, A Lasting Legacy. A Lasting Legacy. This morning as we begin, I want us to consider for just a moment, I want us to consider what kind of a legacy that we would like to leave behind. Ask yourselves this morning, if someone were to look back on your life and understand that one day they will. Hello? Sometimes we don't think about that, but if the Lord tarries, one day they will. They will look back upon our life. And I, I want you to ask yourself this morning, years from now, when others look back upon my life, what will what will be the legacy that I leave behind? This past week, I got word that my uncle, who lives in California, uh, up in years, has been failing in his health, that he went home to be with the Lord. I have yet but one more uncle that is, if you will, the connection to my past on my father's side. And when I got the news that he had passed from this life and into the heavenly realm, I couldn't help but think of what a great man of God that he was and how much that he loved the Lord and how that he had lived his life to bring, uh, to bring glory and honor unto the Lord. So I want us to ask ourselves this morning, what will our memorial be? What will our legacy be? What will they remember about you? What will they remember about me? What kind of legacy or memorial will we leave behind? And as we think about that this morning, I don't want to limit or diminish our accomplishments, but I submit to you that chances are none of us are going to have our names written in future history books. Hello? I mean, maybe, maybe you will. I don't know. I don't want to limit your accomplishments. But chances are none of us are going to have our names written in the books of history. But I would also submit to you that what is more likely to happen is that we will be remembered mostly by those, uh, amen, lives that we have touched and by those that we have helped along life's road. I, I submit to you that most likely we will be remembered by those that we influenced and those that we helped and those that we nurtured and those that we taught and those that we encouraged along the way. It is those lives that we have touched and our lives that we have touched others and those that we have influenced that will most remember our legacy. That is what Memorial Day is all about. Remembering those who have sacrificed and given their all. Remembering those that have paid the price and given themselves that we might be blessed and enjoy the freedoms 
and to pursue happiness here in this great land, remembering those that have left behind a legacy or a memorial in our lives. This particular weekend, we will pause as a nation and as people to recognize and honor the men and the women that have influenced our lives. We will pause and honor those of the armed forces, both past and present, both retired and active, and those uh, who have demonstrated their love for freedom, amen, by, by giving the supreme and the ultimate sacrifice of laying down their life so that we might enjoy what we enjoy in this nation. It is always a sobering moment or a sobering uh, reflection when we stop to think about those in, their, in the past that have given themselves for us. Years ago, my wife and my family were on a trip back to Washington, D.C., and I will never forget the emotion that swept over me and the deep appreciation and gratitude that swept over my heart as we stood before the Vietnam Memorial, stood before the Korean Memorial. Amen. It is a reminder that there were individuals that loved liberty and life and the pursuit of happiness so much that they were willing to lay down their life so that we might enjoy the freedom that we have. We owe them a debt of gratitude. Can you say amen? Amen. We, we pledge this morning that their sacrifice will never go unnoticed. We pledge this morning to never let the sacrifice or the service to go unacknowledged. And we pledge that we will never forget the legacy that they have left behind. And so we come to our text this morning and I would ask again, what do you desire for your legacy to be? Amen. This woman here in our scriptures or here in our text, amen, when I read these verses, Jesus is so moved by her sacrifice and so moved by her love and so moved by the things that she did for him. He's so moved that he says, wherever that the gospel is preached... This will be mentioned of her as a memorial or as a legacy of her life. He is so deeply moved by the actions of the woman. He's so deeply moved that he declares that what she has done will never be forgotten. And I tell you this morning that I am here fulfilling a prophecy of Christ. Because here, nearly 2,000 years later, here I stand in this pulpit talking about what this woman had done for the Lord. I say again to you this morning, what do you want your legacy to be? Look at verse number 13 again, if you will, please. Jesus says, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also what this woman has done be told for a memorial unto her. She left such a profound legacy of extravagant love, extravagant sacrifice, 
and extravagant worship that it made such an impact upon the master that he said, wherever the gospel is preached, she will be remembered. Jesus was so captivated by her expression of love. He was so moved and so deeply moved by her expression of sacrifice and so moved by the worship that she gave to him that he proclaims, it will never be forgotten. It will always be told of her. It will be her legacy. It will be her memorial. In one simple act, and yet one, ex one extravagant act, she demonstrates her love and her sacrifice and her worship unto the Lord. Look more closely with me at the text. As I read this text this past week, I couldn't help but think it is one of those, one of those settings of scriptures that kind of just take your breath away. When was the last time that you had your breath taken away? I'm talking about when was the last time that you saw something or felt something that so moved you that it literally left you speechless. That's what this setting of scripture did for me this past week. Each of us, no doubt, have had moments that you cannot script, moments that you could not prepare for, and moments that we could not make up. They're virtually indescribable and yet unmistakably real. When the Holy Spirit sweeps across your heart and causes you to understand the profound emotion that was taking place at this time. Mary had just had a breathtaking experience with the Lord, the picture in my mind this morning. I went back to study all of the ramifications and the context of the verses, understand that it is Saturday night. It is the Saturday night, it is the night before Palm Sunday. It was the night before that Jesus would make his triumphant entry into Jerusalem where they would cry, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. It is the night before Palm Sunday, the night before Jesus would make this triumphant entry into Jerusalem. From the parallel passage in the book of John, we know that this woman was Mary, the mother or the, the sister of Martha, the sister of Lazarus. How do we know that? We know that from Scripture, John chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. And this is what it says. Amen. John chapter 12, verse 1 through verse 3. Then six days before the Passover came, amen, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, amen, which he had raised from the dead. And then the Bible says, and they made him supper. And Martha served, and Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed his feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. This is the same Mary that sat at Jesus' feet 
while others were busy preparing, while others were busy preparing a feast, while others were busy about other things, Mary is setting at his feet. This is the same Mary that sat at the feet of Jesus and hung on every word while her sister Martha was busy about with other things. Jesus and his disciples with his friends Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. This was only a few days after Lazarus had been raised from the dead. You remember the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. John chapter 11, verse 1 through 2. This is what the Bible says. And a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And then in parentheses, the writer adds these words. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So understand that this is, this is Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Amen. The man that Jesus loved. The Bible said that Jesus loved him and, and Lazarus died and Jesus had resurrected him from the dead. He had raised him up from the dead. You remember the story, rolled the stone away. And when the stone was rolled back, he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, a man that had been dead for four days, got up and came out of the grave. And now he's sitting at the supper table with Jesus. And there are those that are busy, amen, getting the food together and getting busy and ready to serve and all of these things. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. They are in the home of Simon the leper, a man whom Jesus had healed of leprosy. Imagine all of the activity that was going on. I can see it in my mind. Imagine the joy that must have filled the room. Here is Simon, a man that was a leper and he's been healed. Here's Lazarus who was dead and he's been raised up. There's a lot of stuff happening right here. I mean, there's a lot of things going on right here. Imagine the joy and the rejoicing and the clamor and the clatter and the women getting things together, ready to serve a meal. And Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Imagine the wonderful atmosphere, the intimate friendship, the fellowship. It is one of those moments, uh, amen, where it is breathtaking. It takes, uh, amen, it takes your breath away when you see the love and it takes your breath away when you see uh, the sacrifice and it takes uh, your breath away when you recognize uh, that it was an extravagant act of worship on Mary's part. Hmm. <sighs> Let's first of all talk about her expression of love. The room must have been filled with conversation. The room must have been filled with laughter and the sounds of fellowship. I love when all of God's people get together and there is, amen, there is visiting and there is laughter and there is rejoicing and there is, there is a joy that fills the atmosphere. This was one of those type of moments, but Mary was not involved in the conversation. She's not engaged with the laughter. 
She's, she's not engaged or occupied with visiting with others. She's not concerned with the preparation of a meal or the housework. All of those other things could wait. All of those other things could wait. The other guests could wait. She is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Her focus was upon the Lord. Her focus was upon the master. Her focus was upon Jesus. What a beautiful picture of love and devotion. She is knelt at his feet. Amen. Everything else is placed on the outside and he becomes her number one priority. I tell you this morning that we need to make him our number one priority. What a beautiful picture of love and devotion. True love declares you are my number one priority. How can we know that we love the Lord? I'll tell you how we can know. Amen. We can know by Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37 when God says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. Amen. Amen. He said, This is the first and the great commandment. How can we know that we are walking in the love of God? Amen. We can know because we make God the number one priority in our life. I'm going to tell you this morning, uh, amen, that if you allow it, the enemy will come along with all sorts of things uh, that will get you sidetracked, uh, amen, from the things of God. But, amen, I want to talk to you this morning about extravagant love. Uh, and extravagant love puts him number one in our lives. What I'm saying this morning is that our first obligation is to love the Lord. We are commanded to love the Lord. Amen. What Mary did and what Mary was about to do was such an extraordinary act of love and affection that Jesus said she will be remembered for this moment from here on out. Whenever this gospel is preached, amen, to whomever this gospel is preached, this that she has done will be made mention as a memorial unto her life. Ooh. Our legacy, our legacy this morning should be a legacy of love and devotion. Allow me to ask you this morning, how do we show Christ our love? How do we show our love for him? Do we show him by giving him our whole heart? Do we reveal our love uh, uh, for him and do we show him our love by the devotion of our ways? Amen. I tell you this morning that it matters. Jesus said these words in John 14 and 15. If you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Do we just say that we love the Lord and then ignore his commandments and his statutes? 
Amen. I say to you this morning that if we love the Lord, amen, that is going to manifest itself in our works and in our actions. You hear what I'm talking about this morning? Amen. Beloved, I don't know about you, but I want my memorial. I want my legacy. When my life is over and people remember the, the way that I walked in this life, I want them to be able to say that it was evident. It was evident in the things that he did and the things that he said and the things that he done. It was obvious that he loved the Lord Jesus Christ. It was obvious that he made God a priority in his heart. This morning I ask you, amen, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? I encourage you to make it a legacy of devotion and love toward the Lord. Amen. Love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. Amen. And love your neighbor as yourself. That is a legacy that is so tremendous and profound and powerful. I could say that of my uncle who passed away. This past week, he loved the Lord. Oh, what a comfort that brought to my heart. What a comfort it brought to my heart knowing that he made God a priority in his life, knowing that he put Jesus first, knowing that he had received the Lord and knowing that he had lived his life in such a manner that it was obvious. Nobody is standing on the outside looking in and wondering what kind of life he lived. No, they, meant, they knew what kind of life he lived. It was obvious. That's a legacy. That's a legacy. That's a legacy that I want to leave behind. Secondly, let's talk this morning about her costly sacrifice. In her hand, Mary held a bottle. It was no ordinary bottle. The Bible calls it an alabaster bottle, an alabaster box. Alabaster is a semi-transparent gemstone. It was used to make containers which would hold only the most precious of ointments or the most precious, the most expensive, the most rare, the most precious content. When the contents were extremely valuable, the makers would work that stone and work it in such a way that the only way to empty the content was to burst the bottle. It was the ultimate example of extravagance. This particular bottle contained one pound of spikenard ointment, some of the most rare and expensive perfume of the day. When the scripture says that it was precious in verse number seven, it carries with it a dual meaning. It means that the perfume was precious in the sense that it was extremely expensive. It was very costly. Amen. In fact, if you study and look at it, it was literally worth a year's wages in their time. 
So I did a little bit of research. The median income for a family in Jim County, according to Wikipedia, is about $40,000 annually. Can you imagine spending $40,000 on a bottle of perfume? It was extremely extravagant. I mean, would not that be the height of extravagance? If you went to the counter at Macy's, I don't, we don't even have Macy's around here anymore, do we? If you went to the counter of one of the you know, local shops and said, I want to buy your most expensive perfume, and they went, yes, sir, that'll be $40,000. I mean, that's the height of extravagance, right? But it didn't matter to her. It was a sacrifice unto the Lord. But it was not only precious because it was expensive. The word also carries with it the meaning of having a sentimental value. In other words, it was an heirloom. It was something that had been passed down from generation to generation. Not only was it extremely valuable monetarily, but it had great sentimental value. It was priceless. It was over-the-top extravagant. But the financial costs did not restrain her. The emotional Attachment did not restrain her. Worrying about what other people were about to say about her extravagant gift did not keep her from giving unto the Lord what she desired to give unto him. She was so filled with love for Jesus that her whole focus was on giving him her very, very best. What about you? What are you offering unto the Lord? She gave her best. She gave her all. She gave extravagantly. She gave lavishly. She gave excessive and sumptuously, unrestrained, unreserved. She gave sacrificially. Amen. I ask you this morning, are you living a life, uh, amen, that is sacrificial unto the Lord? And I'm not just talking about what we give in the offering plate. I'm talking about giving our lives uh, as a sacrifice uh, unto the Lord. Are we giving him our all? Or are we giving him the leftovers of our life? Mm. So extraordinary was her sacrifice that Jesus said this, this extreme love, this extravagant love, this extravagant sacrifice will be a legacy of her life because she has not withheld anything from me because she has given her all. What she will be remembered for is her love and her devotion and her sacrifice unto me. Romans chapter 12 verse number 1 says these words, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. I don't know about you this morning, but I want my legacy to be a legacy that says that I gave my all for the Lord.
I sacrificed my will and my plans for his will and his plans. I gave my everything unto him. What do you want your legacy to be? I suggest this morning that like this woman, we should give everything that we are and everything that we have unto the Lord. The extravagant, thirdly, let's talk about her extravagant expression of worship. How many of you know that worship has an odor? You say, wait a minute, what do you mean, Pastor Gary? I'm, I'm talking about the sweet smell of worship in the, in the nostrils of God. We, this morning, Mary fully understood the value of, of the priceless bottle that she held in her hand, but she also completely understood the eternal value of the Son of God or the Savior that was seated in front of her. She knew that the ointment was extravagant. She knew that it was priceless. She knew that it was so valuable, and yet she recognized that the Lord was even more valuable. Her extravagant expression of worship, she broke the bottle and she slowly poured that perfume over his head. We read that in our text. We also read in the book of John that she anointed his feet and wiped his feet with the very hairs of her head. Think about it for a moment. Imagine a pound, a pound of anointing oil. She pours it upon his head and that powerfully fragrant oil ran down his hair, down his beard and down his clothing and down to his feet. She anoints his feet. He is soaked. His garments are dripping with that anointing oil. According to John, the same account, Mary kneels and worships and wipes his feet with her hair. Amen. The wonderfully powerful scent of that spikenard perfume fills the house. It permeates the nostrils of everyone that is there. She chose to use it to anoint the body of Jesus, and she gave it all up to him in worship. And by doing so, she did something that had eternal significance. I submit to you this morning that when we worship and we give him our all, it has a sweet-smelling savor in the nostrils of God. Worship has a scent. Think about it. That sweet smell of that spikenard that was poured in his hair must have lingered in the garden when he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. You could still smell the faint aroma of the spikenard. I wonder, did the soldiers smell the fragrance as they beat him, as they beat his back with the cat of nine tails and whipped him or mercilessly? I wonder, amen, as they watched the blood running down his back, I wonder if they could not still smell that sweet smell, amen, that Mary had poured upon his head. Did the soldiers who drove the nails into his feet and into his hands, did they smell that faint odor of worship 
that act of extravagant love, that act of extravagant sacrifice that Mary had poured upon his head. I wonder if they could smell that scent as they cast lots for his clothes, gambled at the foot of the cross, that powerful aroma of selfless, amen, extravagant, eternal worship. Amen, that, that arose. Why? Because Christ to whom it was offered was eternal. And any worship that we give him in this life is just a foreshadow of the worship that is to come. There was a song that was recorded some years ago. And the line says, I can only imagine what it will be like when I stand in the presence of the Lord. Will I sing? Will I shout hallelujah? Will I dance? I don't know, but what I'm saying this morning is that whatever worship that we give him here is just a foreshadow and just a taste of the worship that is to come. Her worship was extravagant, and it had eternal recompense. Her worship was extravagant, and yet that, that worship had eternal repercussions. It was her legacy. She loved extravagantly. She, she sacrificed extravagantly, and she worshiped. The master extravagantly. Today we remember her. Today we remember all of those who have influenced and touched our lives. The legacy that they have left behind has had an impact upon our lives. And what the Holy Spirit put upon my heart to share with you this morning is live your life in such a manner that it will leave and have an impact on the lives of those that you leave behind. I pray that when that time comes, others will say, he left a legacy of love. There was no doubt about who he loved and who he lived for. There is no doubt about the things that he sacrificed to further the work of God's kingdom. There is no doubt in my mind who he worshiped and what he put first in his life and where his devotion was. I say to you this morning, what will people remember you for? What will your legacy be? And I encourage you to live a life that points to the importance of living for Jesus Christ. Bow your heads if you will. Live to be remembered for the important things. Live to be remembered for giving up your rights and your possessions to bless the Lord. Live for the act of kindnesses that lighten the load of those that are hurting and those that are weary. Live a life of love, of sacrifice and worship unto the Lord. And you will leave behind a legacy for others to follow. Heavenly Father, this morning, 
I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for these that are here, for those that are listening today, those that will hear. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we will take moment to pause and that we will examine our heart and ask ourselves what kind of legacy are we leaving behind. If we find, Heavenly Father, that our legacy would not be that wonderful or that marvelous, I pray that we will reevaluate and leave behind a legacy that points the way to the cross, a legacy that points to Jesus, a legacy that testifies of the love of God, a legacy that screams to the world we've sacrificed our all for the sake of the gospel, a legacy that, amen, examples our worship, our sincerity for our love for you. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will encourage us to live that kind of a life. That you will encourage us to live that kind of a life. That our legacy will, and our memorial will be a testimony to others. Touch every heart that's here this morning, I ask. In Jesus' name, heads are bowed, eyes are still closed. Are you here? And you would be willing to slip up your hand and say, Preacher, I needed to hear this message today. God bless you and you and you and you. You and you and you. Thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. We appreciate it, Lord. We appreciate it, Lord. Help us to remember the word. Help us to remember the word. Walk in that path, we pray. In Jesus' name, come on and sing.